When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT, go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang, because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles, Turtles, and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week, I've been listening to uh, to Batman, the audio adventures. And honestly, Ninja Turtles should have an audio adventures podcast. I would totally... I think that would be really cool. I would totally just listen to an audio drama based on Ninja Turtles. Who can Let's we talk to about that? Uh, well, you can I don't go know. Listen to our episode 100, and like we wrote a whole episode there. I think. <laughs> oh, that's right. Our we, did, we did do that. <laughs> so we, since we wrote the episode, now we just need to voice act all of the characters. Wait, what episode and are we on? Come now? to life. Oh, it's like a hundred and What episode is this one? What what, what did we do last week? Uh, one night at Willie's last week. Yeah, it's one fifteen. This is episode one hundred and fifteen. Oh, it's only fifteen since then. Okay. Yeah. Happy 115, um, guys. Hey, you too. Um, the old Archie comic had some video cassette releases that are like audio dramas of like the first eight issues. You can find them on YouTube. They're pretty good. Uh, super duper racist sounding Splinter, though. Just of course. Forewarned. <laughs> Wouldn't be 87 if it, if it was otherwise. Yeah. And you can't, I mean, the turtles sound nothing like they do in the show. They're, yeah. But otherwise, they're pretty good. Pretty gnarly. But anyway, what we're actually here to talk about is more Armageddon Game. Yeah, so this week we're doing Armageddon Game 5, issue 137 of the ongoing, and then Armageddon Game, The Alliance, number 5. Sorry, I'm messing with my Rex 1 figure that I picked up at Holothon. It's such a good yeah. figure. Do you, it seems pretty do you cool. sleep with him at night? Uh, no, but I keep he protects my desk. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He oh, rules it with an iron fist, both <laughs> metaphorically and, and realistically. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if I was robbing you, definitely would leave that desk alone if I saw I mean, one on top the of cops it. are already there. New York shiny has to stand in right <laughs> on my desk. Yeah. Uh, anywho. <laughs> anyway. Let me tell uh, so, you a story. <laughs> oh, okay. Or not. I mean, if you had something well, to I say. Was, I was going to say, like, so Armageddon, like, we're we're definitely in the back half of Armageddon game now. Um, I think we're in like the last third. Oh yeah, I think so. Let me like we are pull up the time. There's here. Armageddon games six, seven, eight, 
uh, Alliance number six, and then issue 138 and 139. Like, we are almost done with Armageddon game. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm, I think that things are really paying off in, in a big way, and it is a lot of fun to read. So, without further ado, let me tell you a story. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear about Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it. All right, so our first issue here, Armageddon Games, number five, release date February 15th of 2023. The story is by Tom Waltz, art by Vincenzo Federici, inks by Alex Sanchez, colors by Matt Herms and Heather Breckel, letters by Sean Lee, editorial assistants Nicholas Nino, and editor Charles Beecham. So, Crane and Terrell commence their epic showdown while two other Utroms watch. Krang wins and is about to terminate Charel when one of the spectators, Cleave, steps in and blasts Krang and seemingly kills him. Charel will have his way. He's going to invade New York and kill Sari instead of activate the Technodrome and terraform the whole planet and take it over that way. On Herobal, Shredder and Dark Leo launch their assault on Noitidar. Leo stands over him and Shredder goads him into delivering the killing blow, but Leo refuses and revokes his Kyujikuri. In New York, the EPF is gearing up and heading out to take up military action to quell the unrest in Mutant Town. In Mutant Town, the Mutanimals decide it's time all of them work together again to stop the Armageddon game. Now, Cherell's forces strike. The EPF changes its targets to the alien invaders, and Raph runs out to see what's going on. He witnesses the old church his family lives under get blown to smithereens. Mikey is on his way with the Nova Posse, but are they too late? To be continued. To be continued in the next issue, 137. Original release date of February 15th. We got Pharaoh Panish on the cover. Sophie on writing, Pharaoh Panish on the pencils inside, and Rhonda on colors. Jenica, the sole active member of Donatello's group, comes back after being frozen in time, where, Don where she sees Donatello in his anti-gravity gauntlet coming back from the future. She freaks out at all of her friends being frozen around her. Jenica shakes Donatello and gets him to revoke his Kujikiri, restoring everyone to activity. Before the Splinter Clan can celebrate their victory over the Utram assassins, however, a ma massive explosion rocks the bunker. Heading outside to investigate, they find a large chunk of the church's exterior destroyed. Jenny recognizes the Utram ships overhead, and Sari realizes that Charel has come out with guns blazing. Raphael, having just witnessed the church having been blasted by the Utram ships, scrambles through the rubble to desperate to find his brother and the others. When Jenny and Donnie reveal that they are all safe, Raph pulls himself into Don and gives him a tight hug. Jenny teases him about not giving her a hug, and then he gives her one as well. An angered Sari taunts Cheryl to come and get her, despite Donnie's pleas and protests for her to hide. Cheryl complies, landing the ship and telling Sari that he deliberately chose some familiar faces as the Utram's new exosuits in order to mock her. He tells her to surrender herself to him or he will raise the city. Sari refuses to comply and she and the turtles leap into battle. 
Fighting her way past the Utroms, Siri unloads her fervor into Cherell, knocking the mask off of the chassis of his exosuit and recognizing it as her late mother's face, having been turned into his exosuit. Now angrier than ever, Siri rushes Cherell with, with one of Raph's sigh, only to be blasted by his shoulder-mounted laser cannon. Donnie attempts to utilize his Kujikiri again, but his arm and the gauntlet are blasted by another laser. Trail says that he'll spare them if Donatello will teach him how to manipulate the Earth's primitive arcane technology. But when Donnie declines, Trell sentences them to their doom. Just in time, though, Michelangelo arrives when Freedom One with the Nova Posse. Mikey and the Posse help turn the tables, and Sari rushes Trell once more, smashing into his perch and his mother's and her mother's body with her horn, only to find that he was never there. The exosuit had been, been the exosuit being remotely controlled. With the battle over, Luna Azul offers for Sari to come with the posse so that they can bring the fight of vengeance to Cherell and Krang together. She agrees, but before they leave, she makes sure that her people receive a proper cremation in front of the church. Sari says farewell to her friends and boards the Freedom One. As the ship flies away, she takes the prosthetic horn that was that had belonged to her mother and puts it onto her own horn, proclaiming that Cherell will pay for his crimes. To be continued. Alrighty, Armageddon Game the Alliance number five. Uh, main story by Paul Allure, art by Pablo Verdugo, colors by Gigi Dutro, and letters by Sean Lee. There's also a backup written by Eric Burnham with art by Roy Mercado, colors by William Soares, and letters by Sean Lee. So, April's been trying to get the word out about what's happening in Mutant Town, which has led to her spying on Baxter Stockman and learning that he's involved with Null. She infiltrates Null Industries and is trying to send out a communication about her findings from a locked room. We then flash back to a little bit earlier, when April first infiltrated Null Industries, she overhears Zodi, the mutant scorpion, and Krissa, the mutant snake, talking with Null about how she's trying to turn all of New York into mutants to sell on the intergalactic black market. Suddenly, Krissa smells April and gives chase. April's able to lose her in some air ducts, but she's ambushed by Zodi and Null. April manages to escape from Null by clawing at her eye and makes it in into the room that we saw her at the beginning of this issue. Null cuts the power to the building and leads April to the roof where she confronts her. Uh, Null threatens April with torture to learn what she knows, but April claims to have already sent out her communication to the world, letting everyone know what Null is up to. Then she jumps off the building. Null runs back inside to try to stop the transmission, but realizes that she's been had. April was bluffing. Meanwhile, April was able to snag onto a nearby fire escape and has made her way back home to find Casey moving in with her parents. In the backup, Karai meets up with April, Casey, Sergeant Winter, and Detective Kara Lewis on a, on a rooftop. April and Karai have a little exchange of words where April accuses Karai of not interfering with Null's machinations. Karai tells April to give her a dollar. Uh, Casey loans April a dollar, and with it, April buys the services of the cheapest bodyguards in the world, the Foot Clan. To be concluded. Man. Seeing the cover for like the Alliance number six, I think that all this is like the whole Alliance thing is finally about to pay off in issue six as far as getting <laughs> everyone together. I hope so, because <laughs> yeah. spoiler alert for how I feel. 
<laughs> we got uh, we got to get through the second time around before we get let's to that. do it. Hey, nice junk. All right, so this is the first time I think we've actually seen bronze. Uh, I don't think we've like they've mentioned him before, but like seen him in this series. Yeah, I, I don't think we've seen him. He, and he's yeah, like we he's we Mr. talked Clinton about it. Cigar, right? We we talked mm-hmm. about it. Bef- the big ball uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it a couple couple weeks ago, and then, uh, where we like found out that the bronze that they had been talking about was bronze from Mirage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is, I think this is the first time we actually like see him see him. Yeah, yeah, because they they say director bronze, and then we were like, oh, bronze. That's that's that name from volume two. And now we see him, and yeah, he's big old Mister Clean guy. So, <laughs> uh, no word yet on whether or not he has psychic manipulation powers, but yeah, we'll have to uh, wait and see on that one. Possible spoiler, I, guess. I mean, the way the way Armageddon game is going, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, right. Um, other thing I noticed on the cover of this—that's very much the 1987 Technodrome. It's not the like. Like the one from IDW typically doesn't have the like crazy prongs coming out of it or whatever. Did it mm. not? No, it's usually like it's got the eyeball, but it's much more stylized and it's not. I mean, this is clearly like the 87 Technodrome. It's not updated whatsoever. Kind of an interesting choice. Well, have, haven't they been working on it like the Utrams in secret on Burnout? Oh, yeah. Maybe this is maybe this is the new one they're building. Well, this is just like, the cover, right? Yeah. I mean, covers are. Yeah, covers. Covers, I yeah i mean <laughs> i just I feel yeah i just you're right because i'm I'm looking at like other images of it and it does they don't have the prongs it's usually just the globe and the eyeball yeah it's the crazy tuning forks that make it cartoon it does have the treads though the original designs have the treads so. mm-hmm. uh the other person who appears i think for the first time we've actually seen in these comics is vernon <laughs> oh, I know. Rip yes. Burning. I was so excited because, like, we had because we had Burn um, popping up lately as like the reporter on the street, and then Vernon, like, at, in the same issue in the chopper. <laughs> but unfortunately, I mean, they're not main characters in this story, and they're just kind of in the background as as news people, and they only show up like every once in a while. It's more of an Easter egg than anything. I know, but it's like, just, it it was it it was just kind of shocking that like because I was literally like whoa like we finally got Vernon oh like <laughs> three yeah. panels later yeah within we a lost, page it, like literally the Turtlepedia article list on this issue says Vernon Fenwick debut death <laughs> like this is his death issue I mean we don't know maybe he didn't die though maybe he survived somehow yeah crazy yeah maybe he parachuted death. out <laughs> yeah yeah. Also, did anyone else get like Return of the Jedi vibes from like Leo and Shredder's whole like dynamic where, you know, Shredder's like, you know, is pretty much doing the whole like strike him down thing, you know, pretty much telling him to kill him. Oh, yeah. And, you know, be like, you know, like me, like your father. And then Leo says, instead of like, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, he's just like, I'm not you and I'm not my father. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. It kind of, it kind of felt like, you know, Shredder trying to seduce him to the dark side kind of thing. But, that's kind of the that's kind of almost the vibe I'm getting, which makes me wonder if you know how much Shredder is really a good guy. You know, oh yeah, we'll have to see. Well, is he is he trepidatious? About is he a gray area good guy or is he just a practical guy? 
Yeah, I think that's he might be the long con kind of bad guy, you know. Yeah, I mean, that could be it too. So that's what I'm hmm, waiting to see a whole other life with which to screw over the turtles. You say, (laughs) well, maybe I'll take advantage of that. Yeah, how wild would it be if, like, after all of this, like the next arc sets him up as the bad guy again? I'm here for it. All his growth after all the growth he's gone through. Yeah, I I, I don't know if I'd want him. Has he actually gone through the growth though? That's what makes him so evil. I do kind of like the idea of him going through the growth though, and like, like, I don't know. To me, it would make Shredder in Hell not really mean anything, you know, because like he kind of has that whole, you know, like just moment of of going good and like seeing Splinter and like helping him out, you know, kind of thing, helping each other out. So I feel like I don't I don't know I don't think they actually are going there and I think it is probably more of a gray area bad guy and he's just trying to get Leo to also join him there I I will agree you know good guy kind of thing I I don't know yeah no you're probably right I just uh I I hold a grudge with the best of them and I do not trust Shredder so. yeah I mean well, I, I, mean, I, I don't think anybody you. yeah I don't think anybody trusts Shredder wholly and maybe that's why they're having these scenes is to like make you be like, wait a minute, can you? Can you trust him? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Is, yeah. Is he up to something? Uh, I'm buying right into it, aren't I? <laughs> you are. Hook, line, and sinker. I, I said last time I hate that Leo called him master. And I was happy this time that he was like, you're not my master. So, yeah. But that's a different section. So, uh, 137. Yeah. So, all right, there's a part in this issue where, like, all these Triceratons shoot at Donatello, and he, like, opens his his magic portal thing, and they all, like, wrap to it. So, like, in the future, are people just, like, sitting around eating, and then suddenly, like, a bunch of lasers just show up out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's a beam of light, like, and those are continuous. They don't end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was, this wasn't, I didn't know really where to put this, but, like, Ceres, um her mom's horn that she takes off of her mm-hmm. um, was like one of like her eyebrow horns. And then she puts it on her nose horn afterwards. And it like fits perfectly. And I'm like, that was an entirely different shape. Yeah. <laughs> Not when you have triceraton strength. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they didn't, they didn't, uh illustrate the part where she like filed it ever so i was gonna say like it's like hellboy filing down his horns like jammed it on there anyway that wasn't really an anchovy or anything i was just i just noticed that that just stuck out to me yep that's that's yeah like this issue this issue went really fast Mm -hmm. yeah they all like i I sat down i i sat down to read it well like i felt like this one was like the fastest one like i sat down to read it and then by the time i was done it was it was like like not even 10 minutes later and i was like oh yeah like i I had like set up in my bed and i was like getting all comfortable and then like i was done (laughs) (laughs) all right alliance number five so i don't know this is also not really an anchovy thing but you know the whole trope that this thing really uses where like people climb around inside the ducks in a building and get places that's totally bullcrap like all the ducks aren't interconnected like that it's it's not having worked on many buildings and been in many partially constructed buildings you're and an elect- like, you're an electrician. You're not an HVAC guy. Uh, no, but I watch the I watch the tinners, <laughs> the tin bangers do their job, and and I see the I see the ducks. I have to work around them. They get in my way all the time. Darn the tin bangers. I've never heard them call that. That's that awesome. yeah, it's one of the trade names. You know, like I, like electricians are called Sparkies. 
Uh, we call them, you know, the HVAC guys tinners or tin bangers because they're really Trid noisy names, and banging tin. Blurs, oh. either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, that's kind of. They also they like they absolutely cannot hold the weight of a human, and don't ask me how I know that. But <laughs> well, it's like, like you, yeah, like if they can't, can't like, hold, they can't hold the weight of a human. They definitely can't hold the weight of a mutated snake woman. Yeah. Right. You can maybe get inside. Well, actually, never mind. I, I have seen them hold the weight of some humans. I've seen some people have to climb on top of them in, in really tight ceilings where mm-hmm. everyone's trying to fit their crap in. But only on one occasion have I seen that. But uh, like they do have like a main cavity that if you can find a way inside that, like you could hide inside of that, you know. Mm-hmm. But you you can't actually climb around in, in vents and ducks. I don't know where that idea came from. Maybe old buildings had like bigger ducts like that and that and they were all connected and met up somewhere but uh what they are it, not that like way a skyscraper anymore. thing maybe maybe i don't know yeah um there's a spot in my house that if i stand on it just right i can like hear the vents buckling under it uh, so, like there's no way you could like sneak around in those things either right yeah be loud yeah. as hell you crawl through and it's like yeah right yeah it's why they're called tin bangers it's really noisy stuff yeah there you go that's the perfect slur or yeah. trade name, as you would say. Tinners. <laughs> anyway, that, that's all I really had to say. It's kind of bull crap, but you know, it, it's in all movies everywhere all the time. And I just, it's an accepted. Uh... Is Die Hard maybe the first one that did that? No, it's definitely not the first one. But um, it, it is one of the most popular. I think. Yeah, yeah. Have you all noticed that they've updated the timeline in the back of the books? I feel I thought they moved things around. Yeah, a little bit. So I think uh, Alliance number five was initially supposed to be after Armageddon number six, and they've flipped that around and, and moved some stuff because of that. I also noticed that they stopped putting the months uh, yeah. above everyone <laughs> just in case something got delayed. Just in case something, yeah. Smart um, move, honestly. I think this was the first issue where um, we get confirmation of Detective Lewis's first name. Like Detective Lewis, we've seen um, uh, we we've seen her a lot during Armageddon Game so far, um, yeah. And was she the uh, one that was in the Michelangelo one shot like ten years ago? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep, that would be her first appearance. Because there was like her, and there was a there was a different cop that they used for the worm issue. I think. I don't think yeah. it was Lewis. Yeah. Then maybe I'm wrong because I don't. I feel like this is the first time like I've seen her name, like her full name. Because like for the longest time, like in my head canon, she was Officer Anna Lewis from RoboCop. Like anytime I see an Officer Lewis that's a woman, I'm like, oh, that's an Officer Lewis reference to from RoboCop. Hmm. Uh, and so her name is Kara Lewis, and I was like, oh, so I guess it's. Just killed my head cannon, why don't you? <laughs> thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul Allure. That's all I've got. These are pretty quick issues, not a lot of room for Easter eggs or anything. Yeah. Uh like other th- I think like just the biggest Easter egg was Vernon. And speaking of, let's get to those anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call legend low. They just straight up introduced Vernon. And then murdered him. And then murdered him. And I've said this before, like Vernon, when he's not being hugely misogynistic, 
I I really enjoy him. That was kind of like Vernon is a fun character. Um, They are, and it's 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 kind of a bummer. It was such a waste to like just literally bring him in and three panels later kill him. I thought it was weird too that he said he he was on the front lines in Afghanistan. Like that seems wrong for that def- vernon, yeah that definitely but... <laughs> doesn't seem like vernon <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know i like, think he'd lie about being on the front lines of afghanistan yeah he would lie about it 100 percent. that's a good point <laughs> like, you know, but that's the thing is like he he would have gotten sent there and then like, like oh the sand <laughs> like he would he would have got he would have gotten sent there and probably faked like being sick or something yes and then accidentally wound up in a battle zone and then those are the front lines that he tells everybody that he was on. Yeah. We should do an audio drama. <laughs> that is that is how uh, Vernon Fenwick was in Afghanistan. <laughs> Vernon the Falcon Fenwick. I hope like I hope that becomes a th- like that's one of my favorite things about the Bay movies is Vernon the Falcon Fenwick. Like yeah, he gets his own show. Awesome. Did he get his own show? I can't. Remember. I thought he was just no. Really I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of something else. There yeah. was an episode of the 87 where he had yeah, his yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he just he was he was just like the most po- popular man in the city. And had right. He had the key to the city, yeah. I think is what I'm thinking of. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah, I don't I don't have any anchovies for this issue. I'm totally fine with them killing Vernon. It doesn't matter to me, so <laughs> Spencer Spencer. All right, 137. Utrams can just autopilot other bodies. Well, I, I mean, I I feel like that's not too far outside of the realm of their technological possibilities. But then why don't they do that for everything? I mean, that would that does open up that kind of plot hole. Yeah. Of like, you know, why do the Utrams even have to like be there if they can just remotely like take over anybody? You know. Yeah, I was a little upset about that be- because of that line of thinking. Like, where do you find the time to? Because, like, why didn't you, know, you fight uh, Krang like that? Why was maybe maybe you're just a more effective fighter if you're there in person, though. You know, like, more, you know, yeah. Maybe. There's, I mean, there's lag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's why Siri was able to beat him. You know, so he's yeah. I did think it was kind of I'll annoying. It. Uh, it, you really only noticed it after reading um, Armageddon Game Number Five. Is that like Krang gets shot in that one? But he's on the cover of 137. Yeah. Mm. And granted, like it's just showing the players, but it's just kind of like, eh. yeah. My my big thing in this is, and it's kind of happened, and I think in multiple points in Armageddon game, and it's kind of getting to the point where it's kind of bugging me a little bit. Is like these lasers that just don't kill people. Like like people get blasted oh, yeah. by lasers all the time, and they just kind of like get up from it, and it's like, what is the point of these? <laughs> Of these lasers and these laser weapons, if like it's maybe at most giving you some like first degree burns, apparently, you know, anyway. Yeah, because like that was yeah. the that was the thing where I was like, I was like, huh, because like um, Krang got blasted mm-hmm. in uh, in Armageddon game number five, which like shocked me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, then Vernon died and then Sari took. Sarah, like and then Donatello like took the blast to his hand and it destroyed the the gauntlet, and then Sari takes a blast and then she like shrugs it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I thought Jenica was going to go down, like not like dead, but just like knocked out because she got hit like right in the chest. But then Donatello got it in his like new and improved show. I was like, oh, he's fine. You know, yeah. But turns out everyone was OK. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of, you know, a little iffy on the whole like lasers that don't kill people, but it's really not that big a plot point. It's just stuff for action scenes so I can get over it. But I don't know. I I, I don't like it when you have people get like shot by lasers and things and it doesn't do anything. And it's like, what, what do these lasers do? Like, what, what are they, what are they messing around with these for? Like go back to bullets then I guess. Yeah. Like yeah, that kind right. of stuff. <laughs> you think all those future lasers are just hitting people and they're just getting like slight burns or like it hits their coffee cup and it's hotter or something. Yeah. Like it doesn't knock anyone out or kill them or nothing. Why, why are we messing with these? What's yeah. the point? Uh, I forgot to mention for Armageddon game number five. Um, so it, it is kind of annoying that like metal metalhead is like kind of a non-body now. Yeah, has he been? He, so he's been like completely taken over by Krang, basically. And I didn't, I didn't, like. I didn't notice. Like I didn't put it together until this issue um, that the his his um, the lettering for hit for when Krang speaks or metal Krangs when uh, when he speaks, it's it's like it's a typeface. It's not like handwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it didn't click that it's like oh because it's like it's a more mechanical sounding voice like Metalhead mm-hmm. is talking and that's that's why Krang sounds like that. Um, but yeah, like kind of went down, kind of went down like a punk. Yeah, I was really surprised he died, and I'm really su- like I really liked Metalhead, and I'm surprised that I, now he's yeah. dead too. Unless it's like a different body. And Metalhead's still around, and we just have like unless they're faking us, unless they're faking us out too. Like, yeah, yeah, I I could see them faking us. I mean, they've already faked us out once with Krang. Why wouldn't they do it again? Yeah, exactly. They're gonna pull a whole like, you know, uh, like two thousand three series of Stockman kind of thing. (laughs) Or what if now we know that they can uh, pilot remotely? Maybe Krang is still back in. what Null Industries or wherever they were hanging out before, and maybe this was just like some advanced robot thing. Who so knows? on on Turtlepedia though, um, on same on the same page for Armageddon game number five where it says Vernon Fenwick debut death, uh, Metal Krang is not listed as dead. Hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't always trust uh, Turtlepedia. Um, I don't. I I don't either. But let me tell you why. Uh, Spencer, who was that blue girl again? I want to say her name is Starly. Starly. I, I'm not sure though. Okay. Starly Hambreath. Television characters. Let's look at this. All right. Here's uh, trivia for Starly. She had a huge crush on Cody. After the Turtles and Serling left 2105, it's likely that she and Cody started to date and revealed their feelings for each other. That is not trivia. That is fan fiction. That, that yeah. is your fan fiction. But the, yeah, so there's, that, take there's, everything on Turtlepedia with a grain of salt. Well, I mean that, but that's in a different <laughs> section. That, that true, so, true. I just uh, I found that annoying. I'm just talking about the main character. To talk about it. So here I am. No, no, no. I mean, but that, and that's the problem with any like fan wiki. Yeah. Um, like I used I used to have a hobby of editing wikis, and like trying to mo- remove as much fan fiction as I could. Um, because like people people just kind of word vomit in there um 
You're, We've talked about it on the show Lord's too. Like, work, Mike. I, I stopped doing it a long time ago because I couldn't <laughs> keep up with it. Um, but I mean, we've, we've talked about it before where like Turtlepedia like listed something weird in the trivia and we're like, that's dumb and not true. Yeah. Or fan fiction. Or just fan fiction. Fan fiction's not dumb. Just don't put it on like the wiki. authoritative wiki. Yeah. yeah. In, in the trivia section. In the trivia section. So yeah, I, I, I guess I could be convinced. If, if I can be convinced that Shredder's not not evil i can be convinced that krang is still alive yeah like he i can't i can't see them killing krang like so quickly we'll see we'll see i don't know i think it'd be really cool if he did actually die right there it would would be it would be really shocking if that if that's how they like took krang out like completely um i mean i wouldn't hate it i would just be shocked yeah so mm-hmm. uh anyway getting eaten alive so yeah exactly like he sur- he survived like getting eaten by a crocodile man but Where's i mean leatherhead at he was supposed nowadays? to get eaten though you know like he's <laughs> leatherhead yeah. still with dr barlow at, at null yeah he is i'm excited for that reveal whatever it may be well let's go to null right now in the next issue yeah alliance number five my big anchovy is like, why did this issue happen? Yeah, like th- this brought me after the high that was the alliance number four. This brought me down so hard <laughs> from that. Like, and it's brought me back to my original complaint of like, why is the alliance its own book? I think I just, part of it is that we're getting just little character pieces to like help us kind of define characters and let us know where they're at uh you know a lot of these side characters because like we get this thing with april where we kind of get a description of like how you know the truth is important to you kind of thing like i i'm not saying that the stories in them are bad i'm just mm -hmm. saying that like there's no reason like this book really solidified there's no reason for it to be its own book Hmm. i just like this could have been a backup story in in uh yeah it it didn't seem to me like like some other stories have established things like the Casey one like kind of unites him with the punk frogs and whatnot but like this one it, like nothing seemed to really be revealed or like yeah. advance anything else in the in the Armageddon game until like the very end where she hires the Foot Clan. I guess like the only but... the only thing it really kind of just reminded me of is that like she left her position in Mutant Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like oh yeah, like it's been it's been a minute. Uh, she's left her position in Mutant Town, and yeah, she hires the Foot Clan. Like, I feel like that's probably the culmination of all of this to lead to whatever Number Six does, because which that like, one the cover has everyone on it. So, yeah, which, like, is cool. fine, but it's like it it just feels like it took so long to get here. No, yeah, and, like, and especially because issue four or um, Alliance Number Four was so good. Yeah. Well, Number Four was being written by Sophie, though, who, you know was also on the main book and so could tie it into the main series a lot better than the rest of these could, you know? So there is that aspect. I mean, but, but Paul, Paula Lore is not, not new to the, to the IDW verse either though. Like, like they're not new to it, but he's not like as deep into being part of the plotting as mm-hmm. Kevin, as uh, Tom Waltz and Sophie. Is this you his know? first in the series of Armageddon games books? Is this the first time we've heard from him? I think so. Like every every the Alliance book has been written by a different person. Okay, I'm pretty sure. 
my my big thing is like in the very end, like in the the end segment that is, you know, them Karai, you know, approaching them, is that uh Detective Lewis states that the foot haven't well the they says states that like the foot al- the foot have teamed up with aliens. And then, like Karai says, we have in the past and it suited our needs, but they have not ever teamed up with aliens in this series. That's not something they've done. Like that, like, that's kind of thinking of like the '87 series, Shredder teaming up with Crane, or even the 2012 series. I think it. I think inaccurate. it. I think that kind of played loose with what happened. Like that small alliance that uh, Krang and Shredder had, like way back. Well, Shredder goes to make an alliance, and then it immediately yeah, gets killed. Right, it immediately I, but, ends. Right, yeah. but I, I, I think it might be referring to that. Like, like I said, very loosely. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, I it seems I like an oversight, though. Yeah, yeah, I think it's someone not really remembering that, and yeah, I like. I don't think. I don't think he's. I don't think he's saying like he's thinking of '87. I think he's thinking of that moment and just kind of playing it very loosely i think he's just thinking 87 and 2012 i i think that they're straight up just kind of thinking about all the other continuities where shredder and crane have teamed up and so they're like obviously they must have teamed up at some point in this series right when they haven't um paul lore wrote the mutanimals miniseries I, paul lore did a lot of um mm. did a lot of uh team into universe too yeah well, I, I love the mutanimal series so that's probably why he brought back in Krissa and Zodi and why they're written so well in this one. Which is something I love. And speaking of things that we love. Oh, I love being a turtle. So yeah, Krang fighting Cherell. Epic, honestly. Was I, super epic. Yeah. A so little good. spit that he does on him too when he kills him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I actually liked Cleve's betrayal. Like that's that is the biggest thing that I've really been loving in this series is that it keeps surprising me. Like, I remember straight up talking with someone online, talking about the fight, saying that, like, narratively, it makes sense for Krang to win, because obviously, you know, that's part of their plan. He's going to go to the, you know, go to the Technodrome. Sure, you know, Terrell's going to get in the way, but, like, no, Terrell, I mean, Terrell didn't win the fight, but, like, you know, Cleve betraying Krang and shooting him, like, I I was surprised. I was super shocked. Yeah. And uh, it's fun for that reason, because it just keeps surprising me. Yeah, like, I... uh... I was so excited. Like I literally like gasped a couple times, like when Krang died, when Fern, when Vern died. Yeah. Um, like it was like genuinely, I think that was the strongest issue out of the three. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was just, it was just so like, Whoa, like just kept going. I yeah. wish I had read it in order and read it before 137. I told you. I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. I forgot. And then I and it wasn't until after I had read 137, I was like, oh, I should have flipped them. Yeah. At the end of Armageddon game, like that explosion of the church is a way it's a much bigger deal than it is in 137. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's fine. <laughs> but yeah, Raph on the ground, like pounding his fist. It's good, good panel, good page. Yeah. It's good to see Mikey again too. Like he was completely gone the last uh the last episode gone. that we did, and now he finally comes back in these couple of issues. Even if he's only in it for like two lines, you know, it's I, I kind of missed him. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've like had Mikey. Mm-hmm. He's been flying across the universe, man. It takes time. Well, like it's it's not even just like that he's been flying across the universe, it's just that all of the space adventures have really been about like Leo and Shredder. 
Yeah. Well, like Mikey didn't really do much. Well, no, because like two and three was very heavy with Mikey and the Nova Posse trying to get Torben Zix and all that stuff. Like it was very Mikey. God, it feels heavy. like it was so long ago when we ran those. It does, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. four definitely shifted more to Leo and Shredder at that point. So because like you'd get like maybe a panel where just Leo and Shredder are just riding and cuddly, and that was it. Like in or like one page that they'd get, and then that was it in in issues like two and three. And so like four, yeah, had to, you know, really get Leo and Shredder story going. And so now five is finishing that up and, and then bringing Mikey back in again. But yeah, I mean, I, I love like, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but like when Leo like stops himself and does the whole, like, I'm not you and I'm not my father thing. And he like, you know, revokes the Kujikiri. He refuses to kill him still. He like stands by the, you know, we've already beaten him. I don't need to to strike a killing blow. It it's just it's just awesome. It's like an awesome epic moment that you know the whole thing kind of culminates into because this whole time you're kind of wondering like oh man, you know is Dark Leo really gonna gonna start killing? You know is he is he really gonna do this stuff? But then Leo stops it all and and ends it and and holds to his. It's funny because like I I like um, I got to that point and I. I like for a brief second was like, I was like, no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to let Leo kill anybody. And then I, and then I remembered our interview from Tom Waltz where he's like, Nick said the turtles can't kill. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> took all the wind out of my sails. <laughs> yeah, it is really cool. And I am liking seeing Shredder, you know, while he is, you know, redeemed, at the same time, it does seem like he's still kind of sketchy. <laughs> you know, like he's he's having yeah. to mess with some pretty sketchy stuff. Good stuff. Um, we read it for 137. I don't, I don't actually have anything written for that. Not that he didn't like it. I just don't have anything specific to talk about. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's there, there's it it goes by so fast. Yeah. Um yeah. that it's just kind of like it it it's not that it was hard to take in. It's just that it was very, very fast read. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's what I also have is the action scenes. Like they're, they're definitely getting like super intense. And I like how they found this loophole where like the turtles can't kill, but so they just have like, Sophie's just writing Sari, just killing everybody. Yeah. (laughs) You know, she, she stomped on like an Utrom last issue after, after Jenica stabbed it. It's like, Oh, it's still not dead. Oh, see the turtle didn't kill. Sari did, you know, Sari stomps on it and finishes it. You know, you've got her like straight up, like stabbing Utrom with the, with the sigh, you know, it's, it's like a nice little loophole there where, you know, yeah. oh, the turtles aren't killing, but, you know, we get to have some some more intense action. Uh, also, this did provide a headcan for me of why the Utrams weren't just piloting the Triceratons before. And you notice that, yeah, the Triceratons lose to, like, Sari and the turtles. And, like, Sari's a young Triceraton, so she should be much stronger. And I just imagine that they're not effect as effective being piloted by Utrams as they are just being soldiers without a pilot and they just decided to make the utrom's pilot bodies because they weren't going to cooperate anymore i like it yeah it's good again mm-hmm. alliance uh, alliance number five um 
I is I think is this the first time that we've seen Pablo Verdugo on the on the art in in the comic? I think I feel so. like it is. Is he the one that did the Power Rangers books? No, the that Power was, Ranger crossover. No, ben that's Mora, um, Simone DeMeo and um. Why am I drawing blank? Uh, Dan Mora. Okay. Um. So I think this is the first time that we've seen Pablo Verdugo on the book, and I really liked his art. Yeah, it's it's not bad. Like it's it's nice. Like the characters look good. Uh, I I like the way they they it's, look a lot. It's very it's very like anime and manga influenced. Um, yeah, definitely. Which which means like to me. Yeah, I don't like his people, but I like his uh, Zodian. Oh, I thought Zodian. I thought April looked great. Like. Yeah. Even my wife, like, because I was reading this um, while we were eating dinner tonight, and she like, she like, that is a cute April, and I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I guess my one, my my one critique is that like some of the action moments and stuff, I just don't feel like look like they have enough like impact or aren't as dynamic as they could be. Like they still look a little still and don't capture as much motion as they could. Uh, personally, I don't know. That's just me. But other than that, yeah, it looks great. Like the characters, I think look good. I think April looks great. I I like the way he draws Zodi and and Krissa. So and no, it must be his first time on the comic because I'm looking at him on Comic Vine. It's not even updated with him yet. So huh. and like the um, just the eyeliner that he gave to um, Null. <laughs> there's like there, there's one close above her face and just like the the eyeliner that he that he gave her i was just like that is incredible <laughs> yeah my big thing for i love being a turtle is Krissa. we don't we just don't even see her enough i i i don't know i have a ball python her name's luna she's super adorable super dumb chris is just like her i'm pretty like it is the most accurate thing like if a snake was a mutant you know just kind of like ditzy and you know adorable i don't know i think snakes look cute especially like pythons and and chrisa does too uh it's it's just perfect it is a perfect mutant snake i'm a fan every time i see her it's it's like looking at my my pet so <laughs> yeah i really like chrisa and zodi uh, <laughs> they're both pretty cool yeah and it's it's always it's always great to see zodi <laughs> um yeah. i'm also glad right. that chrisa isn't called scale tail because that I mean that feels like it's right there and yeah yeah um but you're right too like it's always good to see krissa and i i love like krissa's little like dig at uh madame Knoll, like mm. at the at the end when they're yeah. talking about how like april got away yeah that was good and one. she like whispers it to herself because she's still stuck in them in the ducts <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that i mean that issue that issue was a lot of fun um like i said i really love the art um and then Roy Mercado's art at the end. Um I liked it for the most part. There was one there's one part where like they drew Casey, but I thought it was Mrs. O'Neill. Hmm. I almost sent you guys a picture of it, but I was like, that is a really weird looking Casey. In fact, I'll send you a picture of it right now. <laughs> but um but generally, like I liked, I liked Roy Mercado's art too. But I really like Pablo Verdugo's art. I did like um, 
also Karai's taking uh, the contract for a dollar, like getting yeah. hired for a dollar. Yeah, but it was pretty cute. <laughs> what? I'm looking at the picture Mike sent. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> that looks like Mrs. O'Neill or something. It looks like Tommy that. Wiseau. It, yeah. It, it looks like Tommy Wiseau. face is so, is, it's just so off. And I was like, I was like, I don't remember her. I don't remember Mrs. O'Neill up on the roof. I did not hit her. I did not. <laughs> uh, uh, that's not, that's not a dig at the yard. It's just, it's just, you know, it's one panel. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, like Spencer was saying, like three, three um, pretty solid issues. Um, I we're, like we're we're getting in the back half, and it, and it feels like things are taking off now. Like the the Triceratons and the Utroms are really pissed off at each other. Uh, the Foot Clan, like the Alliance, is finally together. Um, Nova Posse is relatively close to Earth. Um, it's been a minute since we've seen uh, Rat King kind of doing stuff, so. I think I think we're due for that soon. So, should we move on to news? Uh, you know, I think something happened this week. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. As we predicted, uh, we received the first trailer and the official kickoff uh, to the new era of TMNT with the teaser trailer for. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I mean, we didn't uh, quite predict it because we said uh, they were going to unveil a trailer. And I was, and I was, I was, I'm taking partial credit. Partial credit. I, fair enough. Uh, but uh, as we, as we, well, I mean, we weren't the only ones predicting it too. Yeah. Uh, but as we, as we predicted, there were, um, there was some kind of announcement at the Kids' Choice Awards that weekend. Um, and it was funny because like, I was like, glued to the computer i was like messaging you guys i'm like i have to go can you like if there's a trailer drop can you guys upload it to the profile <laughs> to the socials <laughs> um and like literally um i didn't have cable so i wasn't watching it um so it was like me and jason from turtle recall were like messaging each other we're like what because he's watching it i'm like what's going on please tell me please tell me please tell me he's like and i knew the cast was there um because like that had like somebody had had said that like hey like these guys these are the these are the actors that are playing the turtles um and so but it hadn't been officially announced yet that they were them it's just people kind of put two and two together mm -hmm. um and then so at the end of the show we got the uh four boys that are playing the turtles nicholas Cantu, micah abbey shaman brown jr and brady noon uh so those four actors came out on stage with Seth Rogen and kind of introduced a teaser for the teaser trailer uh, where we heard their voices and the turtles spinning their weapons around and then the announcement of the trailer on Monday. Uh, but immediately right after the show, uh, they announced the full voice cast uh, of all the characters in the movie. So we got confirmation of who of pretty much everybody. Uh, we got Jackie Chan as Splinter. Uh, Io Edieberry as April O'Neil, Seth Rogen as Bebop, John Cena as Rocksteady, Hannibal Buress as Genghis Frog, Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, Ice Cube as Superfly, Post Malone as Ray Filet, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utram, 
Natasia Demetrio as Wingnut, and Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman. A huge fan favorite there. Uh, so yeah, so what do you guys think of that voice cast? I mean, Giancarlo Esposito, that has, you know, that's the one, like, definitely one thing that makes me excited. Uh, I, that's been my fan cast for Stockman for a while. I was hoping for it in, like, live action, you know, maybe something that was a little less aimed at kids. but nonetheless it's really cool and i'm excited to hear it yeah the only one i don't think i know is rose burn like rose i don't burn, think I know her from anything but uh rose burn is in she's been in a bunch of stuff um she was myra mctaggart in the uh in some of the x-men movies in x-men oh Class okay and, all right um she was in both peter rabbit movies um mm. she's an australian actor actress um she like I don't think she's been in like anything super huge, like other than the X Men movies. Like she's never I don't think she's like star like been the headliner. Gotcha. I'm excited for uh, the the person playing Wingnut. It's uh, Natasia uh, Dimitrio. Yeah, from uh, from love, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I love Nadja. Yeah, it's um, uh, awesome. And I've, yeah, I love what I we love do Hannibal Burris. I think Such Hannibal Burris is like one of the funniest people on the planet. Um, uh, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko. That's a weird one, but I'm here for it. I, I'm I'm excited for Jackie Chan as Splinter, uh, and just like the the characters they revealed that are in the movie, I'm excited for Genghis Frog, Ray Filet, yeah, Leatherhead. Uh, like I don't know Post, who Cynthia Malone, is, obviously, but yeah. Post Malone as <laughs> as Ray Filet. That's inspired casting. Yeah, uh, John Cena back with the franchise after Rise. Uh, I made the joke. Uh, I had a nickel for. Every time that John Cena was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Right. Um, but also Seth Rogen playing a warthog. <laughs> so two nickels for that, too. What was the other time you played a warthog? Uh, he was Pumbaa in the Lion King movie. Oh, okay. There we go. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, he was Pumbaa and Billy Eichner was... Uh, oh, was it the live action one? Yeah, the live action one. Oh, okay. I, I never saw I didn't it. want to call it the live Quote, action because it's live CG. Action? Yeah yeah um but the the so the four boys that are playing turtles uh nicholas Cantu is the only one i recognize uh because he was one of the voices for gumball in the amazing world of gumball yeah no oh, okay uh he was he was gumball famously like the two main actors um were both like little boys and they would i mean they would grow up and age out of the role um so uh Nicholas Cantu was the third gumball, and I think he was—I think he was the longest-serving gumball. Um, but just yeah, if you haven't seen it, the Amazing World of Gumball is just an absolutely fantastic show. It, it like, is pretty funny. It is. It's. It. I. I don't say it lightly. It is the perfect cartoon. Well, like, the funny thing about it is, there's episodes where you watch it and you're like, "This is a kids' show," not necessarily because like it's. I mean, sometimes there are some like slightly suggestive jokes that pop up every once in a while but more than anything it's just like I, i'm pretty sure these themes and some of these jokes and what they're trying to say is going like way over the children's heads right now. well it's it's just it's just pure like whimsical fun with like yeah. very smart jokes yeah um and it's written very wittily um so i just i love i love that show i've never seen it oh you should you really there's should. there's like a whole episode where they go to their mom's work and like 
they're at this factory and you've got like the big factory executives being like, how much time do our, uh, do our workers spend blinking? And it's just like, I'd like to try and reduce blinking. <laughs> they're like, Oh, we, we, we need to blink. And he's like, well, what if we just sort of do a half squint that way we can save on yeah. blinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's funny. Like God, that. And there's, there's just, there's so many like, um, they're, their neighbor and their there's one episode where their neighbor and their dad uh had gotten in a fight and like they were both like in a trash can that was rolling down a hill and so they were trying to chase after it and uh gumball's younger brother darwin uh is a fish and he was like on roller skates and so they're like he's gumball's on his back like smacking him to like go faster go faster and he's like he's like i don't he's like he's like you can't he's like you can't do that kind of reinforcement I, i only work under positive reinforcement he's like oh i'm sorry and he like rubs his face like nicely he's like ah that's better ah, and he like powers up as a rainbow and like shoots faster down the <laughs> so funny um anyway uh so nicholas Cantu, like i said is is an account is a professional voice actor brady noon um played uh the main character uh greg on diary of a wimpy kid oh yeah uh, he's also the main kid in the mighty ducks uh tv show on disney plus if you watched that Always meant to. I never got around to it. I feel bad now because it's over. Uh, Shimon Brown Jr., who is playing Michael, or who's playing, uh, yeah, he's playing Michelangelo. He is an actor on uh, The Chi, which I haven't heard of. Um, but he I think it's is the shy. Uh, is it the shy? Yeah, for Chicago. Oh, that makes more sense. Uh, but yeah, he was in forty-six episodes, so I would say that's main cast. And then Micah Abbey is the youngest of all of them. Uh, he, stalling for time as I pull up his IMDb. You know, if you he's actually 40, been a lot too. So if you're on 46 episodes of the 87 Ninja Turtles cartoon, you still would not be a main cast member. That's true. <laughs> you would only be in like a quarter of the episodes at that point. <laughs> that's that's true. Crazy. Um, Which yeah, I feel so my, like. Mike anyway, Abbey, who's playing Mike Abbey, who's paying, uh, playing Donatello's, you know, he's been acting since 2017. Um, like he's, he's, he's a kid. And if, if you've watched the trailer by now, because, you know, by the time this episode comes out that, you know, the trailer he'll have been out for a week already. Um, Donatello does sound the youngest. Um, they all sound like teenage boys. Um, all of the actors as of now are like 16 to 19. And so uh, Seth Rogen had mentioned that like they'd been working on this movie for like two years. So, you know, you roll that back. And so these actors were 14 to 17. So like they're in that perfect teenage range, which they've said that they've heavily wanted to heavily focus on in this movie. So mm-hmm. um, do they sound young? Yeah. Does Donatello sound the youngest? Yeah. But you probably just don't remember your awkward teenage years. I mean, the thing is, is like everyone literally grows up and has their voice drop and change and stuff at different ages. Yeah. Uh, like, like everyone's all over the place. Yeah. Like they don't <laughs> sound prepubescent. Like a lot uh, of the complaints have been. No. Donatello sounds like he's like six. He, he, sounds, he does not sound like he's he sounds, six. He sounds, that I've, is a very worried with. It is a young sounding voice. Do not but sound that. He sounds like a child. I mean, the, they're all children. 
but he sounds like, all... like a like a toddler child. He does not though. sound like a yes, toddler. He does. No, he does. Absolutely, he definitely I, has a very unique voice. I kind of hope is. a plot point is that his voice like just drops suddenly at the <laughs> like at the very apex of the movie. He's like sometimes, yeah, sometimes go, people, you know? sometimes their people are late bloomers. You know, and it That's happens. Cute. It does. It is interesting, um, according to the cast list, that there is only one frog. Yeah. I mean, Which, if, if we are getting a TV series out of this after the show's after the movie's over, I mean, we don't know that for certain or not yet. We could easily see him branch out and get other frogs with him. Yeah, and so I can't I can't remember if I said this in the bonus content or at the beginning of the show, but uh, we I'd, I'd heard somewhere that um, I can't remember if it was Seth Rogen or Jeff Rowe who had said it, but uh, they were talking about like their connection with it and like how they loved the action figures when they were younger. Mm -hmm. Um, and I talked about this on turtle recall with Jason, um, how like I only ever had the Genghis action figure. They only ever made two. They made Genghis and Napoleon. Um, but I only ever had Genghis. And so like, to me, that was like the only, uh, figure Genghis came or Napoleon came in the next wave. Um, but like, Genghis Frog came in a wave with like Casey. He came in the second wave of toys. Um, and then Napoleon came in the third wave with like some heavy hitters like um freaking Mutagen Man and like a bunch of like really or like Ray Filet, Pandacon, Wingnut and Screw Loose, Muck Man, Pizza Face, um you know scumbug slash and then and then you have napoleon in that wave and it's like yeah i would only remember genghis frog too yeah napoleon was like a he was like a horny toad in that yeah he was like a horny toad yeah. <laughs> i mean i mean and granted i'm sk- i'm going over i'm skipping over your joke um and genghis frog like he came out with some heavy hitters too like ace duck casey metalhead usagi Krang, Baxter, Leatherhead, Rat King, General Trag, like, and then you have Genghis Frog, but it's like, that was a smaller wave. Yeah, and he actually looked like he looked in the cartoon. And he looked like he looked in the cartoon, so. um, and So, so yeah, so it's, it's two different things, and so I was just kind of, like, uh, projecting my own, um, like, experience with the figures onto Jeff Rowe and Seth Rogen and just saying, like, hey, that's probably um, why they only picked those two. Hey, how old do you think Genghis Frog is? Uh, if him... Paul Rudd is playing him, uh, twenty. No, Genghis Genghis Frog is Hannibal Burris. Oh, that's right, Mond- uh, Mondo Geckos. Uh, I don't know how old is Genghis Frog. He's three leap years old. <laughs> Uh, moving on. Uh, so he's only twelve. Yeah. So Sunday was uh, an excruciating wait for uh, for the trailer to drop on Monday. Uh, so, like, of course it would have. Like, we didn't know what time it was going to drop on Monday. So, of course, it's going to drop at six a.m. on Monday morning. Uh, and I, that was the one morning that I happened to sleep because I usually wake up at six. Of course, I stayed in bed until, you know, 630. 
And so I woke up to watching. I don't think you guys had even seen it yet. I don't think you guys even knew it went up. Oh, no, I, I know it went up. It went up at 8 a.m. for me. I, I think I remember Spencer being like, oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, I how late was I up or how early? No, like when it when it went up at 6 a.m. on Monday. Oh, I was I, already like, at work. I messaged you guys. And I didn't. Yeah, I think you said you were already at work, so you didn't even know that it had gone up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's like it'd gone up and I was trying to like watch it in, in bed and like and to not wake up my wife. <laughs> uh, and of course, I had to like watch I had to like watch it and like really analyze it. There's a, there's a lot of cool like little Easter eggs in there. Um, like, I don't know if you guys saw anything. I, I saw um, the three guys who call them like little Shreks. Uh, one of them is wearing a purple dragon shirt or it's yeah. got like a purple dragon on it. Yeah, it's cool. There's, there's also obviously the layered. I was going to say, yeah, the, the big one was uh, there's a building with like cool neon lights. It says the layered. What's in the obvious reference on... to uh, Kevin Eastman. So, Yeah, right. What's the over under on the D going out and them using it as a layer? <laughs> nice. Let's see. You, you know what we didn't talk about? Is uh... how we saw Splinter. Yeah, Splinter was awesome with this cool afro so but yeah no, so no shredder in this movie so, so far yeah no shredder in this movie uh the official plot synopsis for the movie specifically doesn't mention like the foot at all mm-hmm. um it's after years of being sheltered from the human world four anthropomorphic turtle brothers uh set out to win the hearts of new yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers through heroic acts their new friend april o'neill helps take helps them take on a notorious crime syndicate but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like Baxter Stockman's probably going to be the main bad guy for this movie. And he's going to have, you know, these mutants that they had after him. And so it seems like all the other mutants they've announced are all just going to kind of be a conglomerate of enemies against the turtles, which I have mixed feelings about, but yeah. It's yeah, just like-, like what happened on five-year-old Keith's floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like that. Um, yeah, so it's it's really kind of interesting how they're going to be meeting all these turtles or meeting all the other bad guys. I'm really I'm really curious. Um, I like that they are pretty young and doing stupid teenager things. I like Donatello's voice. I think it's really cute. Um, uh, I like that scream he does. It's hilarious. The scream, yeah, the scream when he gets the <laughs> sigh in his leg. Um, that was uh that was that was really funny it's like it's like almost exactly like the pose from ace ventura when nature calls yes exactly that's probably <laughs> why the, i think it's so funny is yeah when he gets the spear in his leg yeah toss me another spear the other one Oda, toss me another spear um god i love that movie Equinzo, uh and then yeah <laughs> Quinzo, um and my one of my favorite references though which uh a lot of people missed and that's fine because they don't know history as well as i do uh was uh the flashback that we'd mentioned of uh splinter um which it is a flashback scene um he has like this really like really tight mullet going yeah he was uh, like uh he's bound down so it's um it's a reference to the eighties action movie The Last Dragon. Hmm. And uh 
very specifically the Shogun of Harlem, uh, the sh uh, Shonuf. Which, if you ever seen, who is the master Shonuf? I, I have not seen that movie. Of I'm course, sorry. you haven't. Yeah, you don't know going history. over my head too. So. I'm the only one that knows history here. Um, but yeah, just it's a fantastic, super cheesy '80s martial arts movie. I love it to death. Um, I like texted my my friend Angel, who I used to do my retro like movie podcast with. Um, and I was like, show enough is in the new Ninja Turtles movie. He's like, show enough. Who is the master? <laughs> so we were, we were both very excited about that. I figured it was a flashback because we've seen the toy and he has, he looks yeah, like Chester Cheetah in the toy. That's the other thing. like, we can officially talk about the toys now because the toys have been revealed <laughs> officially. Yeah. Um, they look really cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick them up. Yeah. We haven't seen the, like we saw leaks of the other characters. They only showed the turtles and the new, um, the new party wagon pizza van turtle, turtle van. Yeah. Uh, and I think what, well, there was a bike and there was a sewer play set too. I think. So there's a sewer. Yeah. There's a 24 inch tall sewer play set. Um, there are two bikes. Um, one has like a little disc thrower and the other one has like a sidecar, like the old turtle cycle. Uh, and then the new uh, turtle van has like it looks like a pizza delivery van, which is kind of cool. And then like you push down on it, and a pizza, like a little like sidecar blaster pops out, like the old party wagon. Uh, and it's a pizza launcher. So like they like combined the two vehicles. Uh, and then if you go to uh, Paternia on Twitter, uh, he and um, I think it was AIC podcast were playing with it and like it, it's motorized. So it's like, uh, it's got a little battery in it and whoo, like the launch power on that pizza shooter is pretty powerful, but I'm, I'm Good pretty excited for those figures. Uh, if you go over to IO nine, uh, they did a full like slideshow of all of the figures coming, um, really cool up close pictures. I I'm excited for it. I really, I like these figures. And the cool thing is like these these figures, um, at least the mainline figures, are only ten bucks each. Like it's been so long since that's been a thing. Yeah. I can actually just afford them. That's amazing. Yeah, like 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 you know, ten bucks is you know, it's a lot of money to some people, but this is kinda like that's that's walking around money. You know, I can buy all I think that's all even four cheaper turtles. than what the what the twenty twelve ones, like thirteen. I I mean I don't remember kind of 10 years ago <laughs> yeah well, that's what i'm saying like 10 years ago and more expensive than these it's pretty amazing yeah. i remember when i could get a bionicle for seven bucks <laughs> i remember when turtles toys were only three dollars and still i couldn't get them for christmas <laughs> they were selling out everywhere yeah right uh but yeah so so these are really cool like i said you can head over to io9 they've got a full slideshow of everything um yeah 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 i mean you got the standard play you know playmates you know, launch assortment. You got the role play, you know, weapons. You've got the giant, the giant sized turtles. You've got the electronic talking turtles. I'm down. I'm going to buy them. Same. I usually get the, at least the main four turtles. Line, yeah, but... same. Like, I, I'm definitely at least going to get the four turtles and I'm probably going to get the van because that's really cool. Like, yeah. I bought the, like, the Scoob movie that came out a couple of years ago. I bought that. Uh, mystery machine with the intent to turn it into a turtle van 
that's almost like the same exact like color scheme as this. So I was like, oh, guess I don't have to do that at project anymore. Right. <laughs> I still made it's, it's a cool van. Fun stuff. Uh, release date is August 4th, correct? Yeah. So we're coming up on it. Uh, you know, we're recording this on the 9th. So yeah, just a little, little less than four months away or a little less than five months away. Cool. All right. What other news do we have tonight? In comic books, we have The Lost Years, number two, coming out March 15th, as well as Armageddon Game, number six. So that's the day after this podcast airs. Those books will be in your store. March 15th. It's a good time to be a comic book collector. Um, let's see. In video game news, we got to reveal, I think today, that Shredder is coming to Call of Duty, which seems odd. But yeah, that's what's that, happening. I think it was a. It was released uh, <laughs> yesterday, actually. Okay. Yeah, like um, a teaser trailer. Yeah, it's like it's a teaser trailer of like it's literally it's Shredder in Call of Duty. So does cool. he? I, I I don't really play Call of Duty. Is he going to use guns, or is he just going to like run up to people and stab them, or? I, I really don't know. Like, I, I don't know if we've gotten like a full reveal yet. Surely one of our followers plays Call of Duty. Let us know. Yeah, I I don't play it. So. I, I just want to know. I, isn't, isn't Call of Duty? No, Call of, I was going to say, isn't Call of Duty free to play now? But uh, no, I don't think it is. I think Warzone might be. Call of Duty like Warzone or whatever, because that's kind of like a, their Fortnite thing they've got going on. They're PUBG yeah. there. I don't even do it. Battle Royale. So. But man, why why on earth is is this like where we finally get Shredder? Like I I hope Mortal Kombat <laughs> NetherRealm Studios decides to put a Mortal Kombat at some point because I want to play a Shredder and I want to shred as Shredder. <laughs> if you were to ask Shredder, me to Shredder. design, you know, like design a Mortal Kombat character, like it would just be Shredder. He looks exactly like he came out of that universe. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And and like I said, there, there's something to be said about seeing shredder actually shred people and you know it's kind of cool uh you know to actually finally get to see him use his namesake and you could finally just get to see him in mortal Kombat, and in that context he could just absolutely rip things up i mean if he's in mortal Kombat and he's gonna be running around wielding guns and shooting people or whatever they end up having to do with that skin he can be in mortal Kombat. all right yeah Come on, I, would, I think it'd be funny if his fatality was like calling Krang to come up with some elaborate BS <laughs> plan to like distract your enemy while you take over the earth and it blows up in his face. It's like a, I mean, it's a 20 minute cutscene, you know, there's several plots going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't design video games, is what that awkward sound That's like. what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Real quick, before we go out, what are we yeah, doing we next week? We didn't do what we're doing next week. Oh, next week, we're jumping back to the 87 series. We're going to be covering episodes 13, 14, 15, and 16. We're going to go for the, the quadruple whammy, do a little double duty so we can finish out the season. Oh, I yeah. forgot we're doing four episodes this one. we got to really push ourselves. This, oh. will, this will end season six, though. Who's and... doing the double duty? uh i i can i, I can do it it's not yeah oh you got it keith okay yeah i'll do it you got um it. Hey, let's, guys, let's, hey, let's do it live let's do it live i'm gonna do a roll okay here we go i'm gonna roll and i know you can't see what i'm rolling 
Okay, so that is a number five. Okay, I'll take two. Guys, listen to these titles that we have. They're amazing. There's Snakes Alive, Polywinna Pizza, Mr. Nice Guy, and Sleuth on the Loose. Yeah. Snakes Alive. It's giving me Snakes on a Plane vibe, you know? Snakes Alive. Like, Give me snakes alive. I'm ever snakes off my MF in life. Snakes Alive. All right. Well, you made that joke this week. You can't make it next week, so. Dang. Oh, bummer. What happens to me? All right. Well, I'll take Snakes Alive. <laughs> what was the what was the first what was the first episode again? Snakes Alive. Oh, Snakes Alive. Uh, let's see. There was Snakes Alive. So that's taken. Polly wanted pizza. Mr. Nice Guy. Sleuth on the loose. Uh, I will do Polly wanted pizza. So that way you're not doing both episodes like back to back. Okay. So that way, that way you can do, it'll go Spencer, you, me, and then you again. All right, guys. Well, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Uh, if you've been on the internet this week, it's been a pretty nasty week with some of the stuff that's been said about the movie from how they look to the fact that we have another, uh, April who is not a white lady. So we just want to say that if you are one of those people who are mad at that fact, don't listen to us because that's, that kind of attitude is not welcome here. All right. Sorry. Uh, but everybody else, we love you. Uh, take care of yourself. Let us know somewhere on the internet. Ninja Turtle Power Hour, Ninja Turtle PH on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And yeah. Yeah, so, you know, for more on our thoughts on that, stay tuned for the bonus content. That's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Hot soup. Before you go into this week's bonus content, you should know that our conversation gets a little bit more on the adult side this week. So if you have young ones, listener discretion is advised. My microphone is this one. <clears throat> yeah, you got the right microphone this time, right? Uh, it has been consistently this microphone the last few recordings. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. We are good. good I've good, discovered good. the trick. Whoop. If I leave my computer on and never put it to sleep, it hasn't crashed. Oh. Sleep begets sleep, so that makes sense. Apparently. So. Right. Hmm. Do, do, do. so what's doing with you guys? Uh, I don't know if you heard, but there's a trailer out. Yeah. I haven't seen you guys talk about it, so curious to hear what you have to say it looks funny yeah i know i typically <laughs> reserve judgment until after i've seen the thing but like i, I know i'm gonna see it so mm. um yeah they seem like it seems very very kid-friendly so i'm just going in a, into it knowing that you know mm-hmm
but like weirdly nostalgic, I think. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, do I think this is them taking the 80s toy line and making a movie to put a bunch of the 80s toy line in there? Like, not necessarily like because we're just trying to sell toys, mm-hmm. but also because these are the people that grew up with those toys. Yeah, like are, I I mentioned that uh, when I was recording with, um, when I was doing it with Jason the other night. Mm-hmm. We, I, I can't remember who said it. I want to say it was Jeff Rowe who had talked about like these were the action figures that like he had as a kid or something like that. Mm-hmm. The toys uh, look awesome. I'm <clears throat> excited for like, I mean, we haven't even seen like uh, Ray Filet or Mondo Gecko or like all those other characters that were announced yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like Superfly is getting a figure. and But that's, that's, this. that's the interesting thing about this and about Ninja Turtles lately with Nickelodeon is the marketing. I don't know if they went for this with the 2012 series. Cause I wasn't, conscious enough of it at the of it then but they're definitely going for the share this new you know thing that is like part of your childhood with your children like they're like marketing it to the older generation as something to share and take to their kids you know like they for example for like the rise toy commercials they intentionally like put a filter on it to make it look like a an old tv you know and made the sound sound old and everything else it's very I'm, much like it seems to be not, working. Yeah, I it's not aimed at the kids. It's I aimed at say their they parents. Did that with, I want to say they did that with 2012. Like I haven't had like cable TV in you know almost 20 years. So yeah, uh, like it's just sort of like everything I've watched has like been online. I don't really pay attention to commercials, so it's like I don't know. I I I can't even tell you the last time I've seen a Turtles toy commercial. Yeah, well, I just saw a few like on Facebook and like mm-hmm. that it's definitely the angle they are taking because there was even one for the Rise Turtles where they got like, uh, I want to say it was Kevin Durant or one of the NBA players to really, yeah, he like should have been an advertisement with his son or, you know, maybe an actor that was pretending to be his son. I'm pretty sure it was actual son, I, but I have no idea. Uh, it was CGI. It was a, it was CGI. a animatronic character. CGI yeah. kid. It's some <laughs> of the greatest CGI I've ever seen then. But uh you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I remember growing up with turtles when I was a kid. And now I'm sharing it with my son kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely like that is their angle. And so like they're definitely shooting more at parents for nostalgia to try and like bring their kids into it. And like I said, we'll have to see how well how well that works. I mean, they've been doing that probably since 2012. If that wasn't their angle of 2012, it definitely 2012 gave them the idea to do that. Yeah, I um, I haven't seen a commercial for Ninja Turtle toys now that I think about it. The, like, the only ones I see are like the the ones on like the nostalgia uh, Instagrams and whatnot. They're just like rehashes of the old eighties ones. So yeah, yeah. like I said, I, I saw a few because they were on Facebook, and so like Nickelodeon had its because like my Facebook is practically dedicated to Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially oh, on the Ninja Turtle Power Hour page. But that algorithm knows, man. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I get I nothing just... but I get nothing but Cincinnati Bengal stuff now. Like, yeah. like nothing but. <laughs> you know? Like mine, mine knows to pretty much just show me the groups now. Mm. Yeah, that's so. pretty much what I get to is the the Ninja Turtle groups, and so I see what's going on in there and anyway lately the internet's just been unbearable but that's just me yeah the man 
I just I have to leave my phone in another room anymore. Yeah. Both because I'm so addicted to it and because I'm so depressed by it. So yeah. Yeah, it's both of those for me too. Yeah. I'm pretty much just gonna say that uh she's black again. Get over it. If you don't like it, don't listen to us. Yeah. I mean it's that's yeah. the statement I'm gonna make. There's just so many people talking. I really don't feel like I like I need to just add to the the cac- the cacophony. But who good word? Yeah, I just I I just I just need to say it. I don't. I, I've told you guys before. It's not welcome in my fandom. Yeah, I don't want them to feel comfortable. So well, I mean, my my big thing is is like you once again have like the argument of whether April was originally white or black, and the thing is is like That's Kevin. A- that's a different argument, though. It is, and I'm and I'm with you there. And it I is, and I like, talked about that on on Jason's show too. Like we were mm-hmm. both like, we're like me and like a couple other guys. Um, were like, it's not like she wasn't originally, but that's not the point. Like, yeah, like literally, the biggest thing that ends up happening is like they're during one of those interviews with Peter Laird where he says that he's always seen her as white. He also yeah. says that he doesn't think it's that important. If it's not important to the person who created the character or one of the people who created the character, both of the people who created the character, right? Why is it important to you? Why why do you so, care? So like, the <laughs> argument the argument there is that it's not important to two white guys to be seen. It's important for a person of color to be seen. Mm. That's that's the argument that would go against that. But well, at but mm. it's the it's the rewriting of the history that that I I think you're was what you're trying to say about how you know she wasn't always like she she wasn't black in Mirage other than like that reprint of issue thirty two yeah where mm-hmm. she specifically was but then never again yeah well, and then all the confusion from things that Kevin and Peter have said over the years yeah and and so that's the thing is like. I, there, I mean, because some people talk about, I mean, I've seen like some people cite sources saying that Peter said that, you know, she was based on his, on his then significant other. And I mean, there's some panels where I've seen and it's like, that could be true, but also they weren't very good at drawing women's faces. So it's like, Thank you. I, <laughs> right, right. And I we, don't know. And I think we, <laughs> yeah. I think we've like said that specifically on the show. And yeah, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that those people are right. Um, yeah, but it's also, but that's also just not a fight I wanted to get into. Yeah. was like correcting people on that. I just think like April was not, not initially portrayed as black and now she is black are not two conflicting statements. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 And that's, I don't understand why that's such a big deal. Well, here, I guess, I guess here's my thing. I just wanted to take. Yeah. And here's, here's, I guess my final thing with that is you have people that are just like, they try to use that as proof of why she should be white is because that's what she originally was. And it's just like, my guy, I want to see you get this angry every time she's a reporter because she <laughs> yes. wasn't yeah. originally a reporter. <laughs> well, I, well Damn, I was like, Spencer, I was like, you, you know, all core. you guys, I was like, all the guys that are mad that April's, uh, that April's black now aren't complaining that Bebop is white in the movie. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that, why you're not complaining that was something about I saw. That. I was kind of like, really? Seth Rogen? Okay. Yeah, that, that was yeah. a decision. True, true. Yeah. I didn't Jewish think guy of that. playing yeah. a pig—that's not kosher. 
but I'm not gonna uh, make that joke on the show sorry you just did <laughs> well i know we're recording it but <clears throat> I, I I, bonus content. Yeah. it's fine it's fine i have jewish family they, i love them <laughs> <laughs> but uh but the but yeah that, so that's that's really just the point i want to make is it's like because there, there's a guy who's like blowing up our facebook page about it um and well i, I did his comments i did respond to him a kind of a little a little hard on on one of them after you already did oh I did you oh, i wonder it. i wonder where the big one came from i yeah i kind of i kind of retaliated hard did you so did he comment again after that because i was straight up just like i think so I so the important that. part of the children's film is that the woman that the female character has sex appeal oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i saw <laughs> i thought i saw you say that i was like i don't remember saying that <laughs> yeah that was me i was like okay I don't know. I just I just read his post and I was like, "You're a, you're a dick." All right. You, yeah. Like you know, like you are. And that's see, here's and here's that's important kinda... context we all have to remember. And feel, please put this into the into the show, Spencer. Uh, yeah, it's an all here. women exist solely for the male gaze. So like, if April's in this <laughs> and her boobs aren't just like pouring out the top of a yellow jumpsuit, like, what is the point? Exactly. Why does she even exist? Exactly. Why am I a 35 year old cisgender white guy? going to masturbate about after watching this children's show exactly think about that think about me that's why april should be skinny white woman not black uh regular weight person yeah <laughs> so like yeah, yeah. Well, and, 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 and they're trying to go on about like what's she gonna do and it's like my guy we can i can believe an out of shape person is is like running and doing things if i can believe that there's ninja turtles running around like i've even seen people like talk like when people talk about marvel movies and they're just like oh sure we're gonna pretend like this 100 pound woman can beat up this guy and it's like yeah yeah we are because guess what <laughs> yeah. giant purple man came in with magic stones and erased half the universe like this has yeah. all been playing pretend it's like everybody's everybody's stupid suspension of disbelief like goes out the window when all of a sudden it's a person of color and it's like anyway why are you ever, you ever seen lizzo dance she does it for like an yeah. hour and a half it's like you was fantastic you couldn't do that you know that's i couldn't do that yeah anyway oh anyway yeah this is this is the good bonus content Thank this is the this good is bonus. This, bonus this is the content. off the cuff bonus content <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah right. like, we should put it, this behind the patreon wall but but the other <laughs> the other final thing i have to say though is like Just kidding we don't have patreon talking about like the original and in like you know what what's original and like staying true to that like once again you know you can say she was report she wasn't a report in the original but, like, but yeah she was a little cartoon it's like okay yeah so someone took it and adapted it for a new audience and made it for you and you got to enjoy that and treasure that as a child exactly it's happening again exactly yeah, right. it's like it's like uh, yeah it's, and it's like I, and i get us. it the, yeah. like the only annoying thing is that she seems to be like a teenager again which it would be nice to have an older april again yes I, I do like an older april personally um but at the but same she time, I, like, looking at her she could be like a college student yeah, like, like we don't we don't know we don't even then, know yeah i, didn't, and then I really that... didn't get i didn't get teenager vibes from the very brief glimpse we got of her i don't think yeah, we got now i don't, I don't think we got after as two young seconds as they are talk. vibes i think we got like older teenage like 19 maybe yeah i mean that, that definitely could be it like like it's it could be a teenager but like college age teenager like yeah. a 19 year old like yeah. that's that's kind of what I'm getting from it. Like she does seem older than them, and so you kind of still have that kind of big sister, yeah, 
feel, I mean, it's so far out of the five seconds we've seen her talk. I mean, we, exactly. We really have no idea. And even then, another thing that people are complaining about, like she freaking, she has red hair. She has red locks. Yeah. I mean, even the red locks, I don't even know if I care all that much about it, but whatever. Well, yeah. And that's because, <laughs> because that's the thing is like April in 87 is not even a redhead. She's an, she's Auburn. Yeah. Like people kind of are like, I don't know, retroactively saying that she's a redhead when she's not. And even when she was colored in the original comics, she wasn't a redhead there either. Right. She was first given red hair in the 2003 series. And even then it looks like dyed red hair. It's anime red hair. Like, yeah. well, the art, the Archie comic. Uh, she's know. got pretty brown hair there too. I think there's literally that cover where she like, looks like Ariel. Fair enough. My I, mean, yeah. off. I don't know. It depends on the coloring, I guess. Sometimes the triceratons yeah. are blue. Sometimes they're yellow. You know sometimes, what I can't sometimes stand? Sometimes in the same book. <laughs> yeah. I'll never be able to forgive them in the 2003 series for giving Donatello olive green. He should be a nice, healthy forest green like the rest of the turtles. And what's up with giving what's up with giving Raphael yellow green? You know? Yeah. Jeez. Why don't they look like the original toys? Why don't they look like the original toys? Hey, I'm staring at the 2003 figures right now. <laughs> all the ones I gave you? I couldn't even remember what shade they were, but yeah, I remember that they gave them all different shades of green. And a part of me is like, <laughs> I'd forgotten I gave them to you, and I was like going through my box of turtles, and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Where yeah, are they? They're mine now. I have them. Uh, I'm glad Thank you, you like again. them. I do. Uh, I'm excited for the new figures, though, um, which I was talking with James about. He said like all the Mutant Mayhem, like, stuff that they've been posting has been like the top stuff cool like he's like this is driving like all the traffic for us right now so cool yeah it's one of those things i just have to uh accept is that uh ninja turtles is a vehicle to sell toys more than anything else and uh I'm just gonna have to get over it we'll always yeah, have that's capitalism for you baby i yeah. know bummer oh April O'Neil wasn't a redhead in the last movies either. Yeah, Megan Fox. 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 Yeah. I mean, granted, granted, Megan Fox was. Uh, I think they gave her okay, like April, a red but... tint to her hair in the first one. How did they? I think they did, and then the second one, they were just like, "Screw it." Yeah, I'm just looking through pictures of random April O'Neils. Yeah, well, don't Google too hard because then you'll get April O'Neil. Dude, yeah. when I made the freaking TikTok for for April. And I was just like looking for 87 April, like literally just <laughs> scroll down just like a little bit past because I was trying to get a good image because there's the one that like everyone always uses like the top image, but like her face is like all like screwy. It's really not the best frame in the whole world right. of animation of her, like they're not, not the best animation cell. So I was like, you just scroll down, like just past those first like four images and suddenly you're looking at just yeah provocative fan art. <laughs> And yeah. I'm just like, you know what? Wow, this is okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you for, you know, and, and not to mention, freak, if you need your your sexy April, there's 198 episodes of her. You can go and watch those and do whatever yeah. it is you do while watching those. Like, you have 198 episodes worth of content with that April specifically. If all you want is to look at her, you've got it. It's like, it's there. Anyway, all right. Good point. Anyway, I'm just... This is why I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. I know. 
Uh, oh man, it just like, gets and, I, and I'm going. not saying we have to dedicate a half hour to it or anything like that. I think we already have. <laughs> well, I mean, we have now in the bonus content. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, if you made it this far, screw racist. Don't listen to us if you are. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's make sure we got all the news at least written down because I don't uh, want us to miss anything. Right? I so don't. We got the movie. We got the news. So we got we got the wave. movie. We got the. I was going to say, I don't think we need to cover a ton of stuff because the movie is going to take a lot of news, mm-hmm. um, a lot of time. Cause I don't know if we want to talk about like what we saw in the trailer. Like if we saw any like little Easter eggs or references. Cause like I saw a purple dragon. I saw, you know, the Laird obviously. Um, like there's, there's little stuff in there that we can mm-hmm. talk about. And then we got to talk about the toy line um, and then give our thoughts on it. Um, like in other news, like when I recorded with Jason on Tuesday, like I was just like, we need to just scrub everything. Like everything can just be moved to the next week. Um, and the only thing like we had was like Dreadmon got put into Holothon. Um, hang on, I gotta look at my DM with him. It was Dreadmon, and then Super Seven just dropped all the new figures today. Mm-hmm. Which. I have some more information about why they're not doing the Playmates toy line. Um, Because there's that rumor that's been going around since last year about it. About how, like, Playmates is like, no, you can't do um, our designs. It's it's a whole thing. Hmm. Um, We already talked about the Mirage Issue 8 Kickstarter. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that, like, it's not, it's really just, like, reprinting it. It's not yeah. anything. He's like he's not redrawing the whole thing. Yeah, I jumped to some conclusions there. <clears throat> I guess what I was seeing was just a cover he did for it. So right. Also, um, uh, fun little conspiracy theory. Um, you know, they just put out that compendium book, and number eight wasn't in it, and now there's a Kickstarter for number eight. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Clear. Mm. Did, did uh, Dave Simpson know you can't do it anymore? So yeah, that he could and do then, this. Then he put out his own Kickstarter. Hmm. Hmm. Quite. Curious. Quite Quinky. Curious. 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 Uh, we have Shredder and Call of Duty coming out, right? Uh, Shredder and Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> what a crazy. Um. Why? Why? Why does it? Why? Why does he get to be in Call of Duty before he's in Mortal Kombat? Yeah. It's, really. I just want him in Mortal Kombat. I don't care if he's. I don't yeah. play Call of Duty. Which is weird. Shredder looks like my he stepped age, right but... out of out of uh mortal Kombat, like he looked he looks like he would just fit right in that universe you know yeah. i don't know why they haven't done it but put him in there um so yeah so there, there's there's that like it's like there's not a ton of news just like little snippets um but yeah but we gotta at least talk about the toy line the movie and then like the cast yeah next issue of armageddon game comes out next week uh next week is last year's lost years two Oh, is it also Lost Years 2 next week? Holy crap. Uh, it is currently set for March 15th. Holy shoot. Wow, a lot of comics. If you're a Ninja Turtles fan, you're going to spend a lot of money at the comic book store. Yeah. And by a lot of money, I mean like 20 bucks. But, you know, to me, that's a lot of money. So. I sold a bunch of figures to my store yesterday. So I have about 30 bucks left in credit. Thank you. After, after this week's. 